This is the Thorn Podcast, the show that navigates the complex world of wellness and explores the latest science behind diet, supplements, and lifestyle approaches to good health. I'm Dr. Robert Roundtree, Chief Medical Advisor at Thorne and Functional Medicine Doctor. As a reminder, the recommendations made in this podcast are the recommendations of the individuals who express them and not the recommendations of Thorne. Statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Thorn Podcast. This week, we're going to be exploring all of the insights and offerings inside of Thorn's Sleep at Home Test Kit. As always, when we do one of these test kit deep dives, in addition to our audio episode, we're releasing a video from this recording along with it. So be sure to check that out on Thorn.com or on our YouTube page so you can follow along as we go over our results. Joining me to talk about this test is my friend, my colleague, and returning guest, Thorne's Vice President of Medical Affairs, Dr. Amanda Frick. Welcome, Amanda. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you betcha. How are you doing? What's, what's new in your life? Not a lot new in life, but getting ready for holiday, taking some trip home to Michigan to visit family. So excited about that. It's great to be back with you again. I'm really excited about this particular episode because we're going to talk about sleep. Why is sleep important? An obvious question, but some people don't think sleep's important. Who doesn't think sleep's important? Do you know, I had a client recently and I told the client, you've got to read Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep, which I recommend to anybody. If you've never read it, he makes such a strong case for why we're sleep deprived as a nation and people that have really busy jobs think, I just don't have time for it. So it isn't that they don't think it's important. They just don't think it's a priority, mm. right? So, you know, if, if I need to stay up all night and get a project done, I'll do that. What about a typical student yeah. who stays up all night? I did that in college. I missed many a night's sleep in college preparing for exams. According to Dr. Walker, that's not good for your memory. <laughs> Staying up all night is not good for your memory because you need to sleep to help you consolidate memories. Right. So who might want to take a sleep test? Why Why would you want to do this? I mean, I think the obvious would be if you, you're not sleeping well, you're not really sure why. We'll see when we look at these that you're kind of looking at how your stress is affecting your sleep too. I mean, this isn't just about sleep which is really great. So you could also take it if you think stress is affecting your sleep. And then, like you said, if you maybe if you have memory struggles, maybe if you're, you know, things aren't quite clicking the way you'd like or cognitive ability is feeling like it's suffering a little bit. I think those are some other really good reasons other than the obvious, like you don't really sleep well. I mean, I, I got to say, I've sent patients to sleep specialists and it seems like they're interested in one thing. Does the person have sleep apnea? Mm-hmm. Right? So we'll... You know, we'll have you do a conventional sleep study where you put on all the machines and we measure your oxygen and that's all they do. And I guess I'm a little shocked by that. Yeah, they only give you one option, too. You're doing one test looking for one thing and then the outcome is either you get one option or you don't. And that's it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, well, you don't need CPAP, so there's nothing I can do to help you. So bye. (laughs) Yeah. Bye-bye. And that's the end of the story. 
So again, people that might want to do this test or anyone that has trouble with sleep, anyone that's gotten feedback from their sleep tracker that something is off, or perhaps a person who's chronically fatigued. Right. They may not think that they're having trouble with sleep, and I'd certainly have patients like that all the time. Yeah, I sleep just fine. And then, again, I might get feedback from a sleep tracker that says that's not really the case. They think they're sleeping fine. Uh, they're maybe a little curious about why they wake up in the morning and their sheets are out in the hall. <laughs> right? Yeah, I slept just fine last night. I don't know how right. the sheets Firm got example. out there. Firm example. Like, and, and that's a question I ask patients. Like, do you ever wake up and find your sheets, you know, on the floor? Or, uh, yeah, never move during the night. I don't know how those sheets get torn up. <laughs> right? <laughs> Completely ripped off the bed. So the bottom line is that sleep disorders are very common in our society. So this is not a rare thing at all for somebody to have a problem with sleep. And that means to me, the threshold for ordering the test is very low. Right. So walk me through what you do. You order the test online and then... It gets sent to your house, so you'll get everything that you need to get shipped to your home. Um, you have to activate the kit with a code that's on the back of the container, which is really easy. You just log into your Thorn account, fill out your health profile if you need to or you haven't already, uh, put in a code that's on the back of your test, and then uh, you're ready to collect. Okay, very cool. So we've both taken the test. Uh, why don't we walk listeners through what it looks like? Sounds good. All right. So, Amanda, these are my results. <laughs> and, okay, I have to admit, I'm not a great sleeper. Um, one thing that I learned is that it takes me a long time to fall asleep, right? And, and as a result of that, I started going to bed much earlier because I realized that even though I was in bed for nine hours, I may only be getting eight hours of sleep. And I think... This test may explain something. So what the results showed to me uh, in measuring my melatonin is that my melatonin levels are basically pretty low all the time. They never peak at night. And something I've noticed, I don't really take melatonin on a regular basis. Every now and then I think about it. When I travel, I take melatonin with me to help adjust. Uh, although it, it generally is not easy for me to adjust to new time zones, especially uh, when I've gone to other parts of the world. You know, if I'm in Singapore, I'm just bleary eyed for days on end. So I've noticed when I do take melatonin, I hardly notice anything. I can take 20 milligrams and it doesn't do anything. What does this tell you? If, <laughs> if I was your patient and you saw somebody that, whose melatonin levels were just in the gutter, what would you tell them? So I would like to start with the good news with my patients. And I would say, I am very glad that you feel like you're getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, I am now that I allow more time. <laughs> okay. Really what this shows me is that because there's no change, you're, it, it's almost a flat line level when it really should. You can see that sort of green bar that you should have a wave. That wave is like an on-off switch for your brain. Like the melatonin's not doing on or off. It just doesn't move. And so there's not any clear sort of indication to your brain that it's time to go to sleep. So it doesn't surprise me at all that it would take you a long time because you almost have to have your body decide it's time to go to sleep because your brain's not getting the cue. I guess the million dollar question is, does this mean I should take melatonin 
on a regular basis. I mean, if, if I don't naturally make, so I just don't naturally make it for whatever reason. It doesn't necessarily mean there's pathology. And that's, you know, what is said is in the text right here is that uh, there's no evidence this negatively affects your sleep or health. It's just that I don't, I'm just one of those people that doesn't make it. And I do think uh, um, melatonin declines with age, so it could be that maybe I'm old. <laughs> maybe twenty years ago I was different. No, I wasn't trying to call you old. Yeah, I you know I actually think I did do a test like this twenty years ago, and I think my melatonin was fine. So okay, so you're right. This could be a consequence of not getting younger. <laughs> uh, but what do you think? Should I take melatonin? I think you could. You could consider it if it helps you. Um, I I think of melatonin, or I always did in my practice, as a reset or like a retrain. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like, like using when you travel. It, right, exactly, like you were saying. Or if you have jet lag or to get your sort of circadian rhythm back on cycle, it doesn't know what time night is supposed to be anymore, so helping like get your brain back into into the groove. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think think some people feel like they need it on a nightly basis to help them fall asleep. And there's no reason they can't do that. Exactly. Especially if they do this test and they get results like mine, which uh, I don't don't really know how. I haven't seen this kind of curve too often. That's not a curve, Bob. That's a line. I haven't seen the flat, (laughs) uh, this flat line. Uh, My melatonin is flat line. I haven't seen that that often. Would suspect that, you know, this indicates they could benefit from taking some. Yep, exactly. So now let's look at my, so the two things that are measured in the sleep test are melatonin. And unlike some tests that only measure melatonin in the morning, this measures at four different times during the day. Right, exactly. And I I think it's not actually measuring melatonin. It's like 6-sulfoxymelatonin. It's some metabolite. So now we look at my cortisol. Isn't this great? (laughs) So I start out in the morning with, enough cortisol, but I have to say that I enjoy a cup of espresso. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, and espresso really helps get me going. Uh, and if I don't have my morning coffee, uh, you know, eight o'clock or so, then generally by nine or 10, I can tell it. I'm clearly making cortisol uh, and I'm I'm doing fairly well uh, on the quote, curve. It's not not so much a curve. I mean, it's a relatively flat, but I am making reasonable amounts in the evening. But something about that morning tells me my adrenal glands are just not great at getting going. And so actually the insight says, as a result of your low levels, you might be experiencing a tough time getting out of bed. Um, I am not a morning person. Right. I can I can stay up really late and be completely alert uh, and feeling good. So does that kind of explain why it could it could it could be that melatonin cycle thing, too. I mean, the the melatonin signal to wake up is the same. So you have a little bit of a double whammy. So you don't have the you don't have the thing dropping to tell your brain it's time to get up. And you also don't have the cortisol sort of jump starting you in the morning. So it makes sense to me that it would be hard for you to get up and out of bed. So what you're saying is that when you, when you look at these results, you would diagnose me as somebody that doesn't have great circadian rhythms. I definitely would. Okay. So maybe I need to do a little something to get into a more rhythmic pattern in my life, perhaps more bright light early in the morning. Yeah, bright light, some sleep hygiene things maybe. 
Also, there are supplements that help to sort of reset. We have data about any proper levels of NAD plus helping to reset circadian rhythm. So that may be something to think about as well. So if I was going to take something to reset my NAD, would I want to do that in the morning? Or would it matter? I don't think you necessarily have to. No, I don't think it would necessarily matter. But I like to recommend NAD in the morning or things that support NAD in the morning because because you can kind of get an energy jump or some clarity. And a lot of people would like that earlier in the day and not later in the day. Um, But if it's something that didn't affect you in that way, you could take it whenever worked best for you. Recommendations, Mediterranean diet's a good thing. Melatonin-rich foods, which a lot of people don't realize there's melatonin in tart cherries and and walnuts and tomatoes so that seems like a good thing should probably not have a nightcap which i don't so that that won't be hard to change but you know that that nighttime schnapps um you know if somebody's if somebody's having a pattern like mine cut back on the schnapps the caffeine i do only limit it to morning so i think that's very reasonable licorice uh, or grapefruit juice. And interestingly enough, I do love a shot of grapefruit juice when I first get up. I, I'm really fond of the flavor. Is that weird? I don't know. but uh, mm, I love grapefruit I, juice. I, I love grapefruit juice. The white kind, the super bitter sour kind. Is yeah, yeah. Oh, just I uh, couldn't love it too much. So it looks like I need to work on my sleep routines and I need a little more exercise in the morning. Maybe I need to meditate. And then melatonin. We talked about melatonin and then Cortrex. Um, Going to have to remind me, is that panathenic acid? Uh, the, Cortrex the is no, botanical nutrient and um, adrenal and glandular. And adrenal glandular. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that makes sense. I I wouldn't want to take prednisone, right? No. <laughs> so something like Cortrex would be a better choice. Great. Well, why don't we switch over and look at yours? And we're going to put you on the spot, okay? Oh, boy. When it comes to your health, your body deserves the best. That's why Thorne invests in comprehensive testing, sourcing the highest quality ingredients, and creating the cleanest manufacturing processes that will provide unparalleled solutions for your health. It is this approach to quality and science that has earned Thorne the trust of more than 42,000 medical practitioners, as well as 100 plus Olympic professional and collegiate sports teams. It's also why Thorne is the only supplement manufacturer to be chosen by Mayo Clinic for collaborating on clinical research and educational content. Discover the quality and science that leads to a happier and healthier life with Thorne. Visit Thorne.com to learn more. That's T-H-O-R-N-E.com. Okay, so Amanda, now let's move on to your test results. Uh, first thing I have to ask you, are you a good sleeper or not? I'm the person that would say I sleep. I feel like I have good sleep. All right, so you sleep like a baby. I think I do. I fall asleep I fall asleep really quickly, although some people say that's not a great sign. Um, I do feel like I sleep well, although I'm I'm struggle bus in the morning. I could I could watch some funny Instagram videos for a minute before I can get up and going. I see. All right. Well, I'm a little bit envious <laughs> that you can do that. And I'm very curious to see what your test results are going to show. Um, so mine starts 
a little bit better. It does say my sleep cycles in rhythm and my wake cycles a little out of rhythm. Um, so really what that's referring to is the melatonin, my melatonin curve compared to my cortisol curve. But this is what my melatonin curve looks like. So oh, oh look at that. Look at those pretty green dots. Pretty green dots right in the middle of the normal range. Yep. I'm pretty happy with that. I honestly, I've never measured my melatonin before. Um, so this is really self-validating for me saying that I sleep well, because I think I'm right. <laughs> um, but I was pleased with what my melatonin curve looked like here. I'm curious, have you ever taken melatonin? I haven't. So you, you have no idea how you might respond to it? Nope. I try not to take hormones if I don't need them, and I haven't ever felt like I needed. Um, I also have never taken a nice... Um, international travel trip that would require mm -hmm. me to, to come mm -hmm. back from jet lag because if I yeah. did, I would probably take it. I You'd did recommend it, it for my patients, but I have never taken it myself. So the reason I ask is because um, I uh, occasionally have a patient who I think needs melatonin and I'll say, well, if you start with a low dose, you know, maybe a milligram or a milligram and a half, you'll be fine. And they come back and say, boy, that just knocked me out. Mm -hmm. You know, I took a milligram before bedtime and then 10 hours later, I couldn't even think. And I'm going, how is that possible? And clearly everyone responds in a little bit different way. So I wonder if somebody like you, who's already got plenty of melatonin around, if you took melatonin, you might be one of those people that seems to be super sensitive to it. Yeah. Because you got plenty. Possible. And because I don't have trouble sleeping, I never would have thought of it. Like I said, I, if it, I have more of the opposite problem. If I'm tired, we don't have any, there's no time. It's like people that get hangry. If if we're out and I say I'm tired, I need to go to bed, I, it's time to go home. <laughs> go to bed yeah, right now. Yeah, time to go. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at your cortisol. This one is not as, not as pretty. Mm. Um, and didn't you say you're not a morning person? I am not a morning person. I'm obviously not a night person either, so <laughs> I guess I'm just a sleep person. It's interesting. Your cortisol goes up a little bit towards bed, towards you know the middle of the night. Yeah, right? I, I actually wanted to talk about that. So that's the one thing that's a green. I mean, we didn't talk about it so much with yours, but in good and bad ways. So I have three red and one green. You know, green is supposed to be in range and red is out. But to me, that green one at the end, because it comes up, is worse so, so if you didn't have the one come up at the end, the pattern is closer to that sort of curve that looks like all like a ski slope, like it's high, high in the, should be high in the morning and lower at night. And mine's actually coming up when it shouldn't. So not, even though it looks like that's the only one that's right to me, that's the one that's most wrong because the pattern overall doesn't look good instead of the number. I have seen mine look way worse than this. I've done stress tests multiple times. And so to me, this guy's like a win. So the one that's the tire in the morning and, the, and actually they drop three times in a row. I haven't had one that looked like that in many, many years. So I'll take that as a success. Take it. <laughs> Does this mean your adrenal glands are just getting stirred up at night? I mean, not obviously not a lot because they're not, it's not going through the roof. It's not spiking. It's just that your adrenal glands seem to be waking up a little bit. Yeah, I think that that's what's happening. I think that trying to get them back into pattern without, I've, I've had a history of having spikes sort of in the middle of the day and having really low at night and just having a completely abnormal pattern. So I think that's what's happening. I am really bad about screen time. I'd be first to admit that I am not good with my sleep hygiene. I think 
I think I get away with it because I fall asleep easily enough, but I don't think that that's helping with that sort of uptick that I'm getting later at night. Now, I'll be curious to see what the recommendations are, but I know in the functional medicine community, a typical response to something like this would be to say, maybe you'd benefit from a little bit of phosphatidylserine or isophos Mm -hmm. towards the end of the day. And there's actually some pretty interesting research showing that that it really works. I love isophos. This is exactly what I would tell me to take is isophos. Yeah. <laughs> I would tell me to take isophos. And, you know, isophos, I mean, it, it has no side effects. It seems to improve memory, cognition, and a lot of other things. So the main indication would be the elevated cortisol, but it's got all these other side benefits. Exactly. It's like good brain juice, but that's Good brain it. juice, mm-hmm. yes. So um, should we scroll down and see what the recommendations were? We're curious about. So I got um, some similar ones to yours. So about following a Mediterranean diet. I, um, not every night, but probably a couple of nights a week, am the nightcap person. Uh, (laughs) Not meant to the purpose of nightcap, but because I'm enjoying myself. Um, I promptly sent a message to someone else on our clinical team who helped write these and told her she probably needed to reconsider her employment because she, she wasn't <laughs> going to tell me what to do with my was that I? <laughs> um i also have a double espresso every morning and i do love grapefruit juice mine walk talks about getting a healthy sleep routine and that's similar to yours and working out in the morning and then i got two products so i did not get isofos but i got cortrex which makes sense to me to help get that sort of morning level in a little better spot and support my cortisol being higher in the morning. And then Rolora is the one I got at night. Have you ever taken Rolora? I have. It's a very interesting product. I think it's mag- it's magnolia, right? Mm-hmm, magnolia and philodendron. And B vitamins. And B vitamins. And works in a similar way to the phosphatidylserine. Right, exactly. It's, it's blunting. Both of those herbs together blunt that rise in cortisol. I think it's possible. Um, we talked about when you get ready to do a test, you're filling out your health profile. I do have some indicators on my health profile about food cravings, and it's possible that that's what helped contribute to getting a Rolora recommendation over an isofos. I see. Okay. So they were individualizing your recommendations based on your questionnaire. Yeah, we like to do that. We like to do that. Okay, and uh, then Cortrex, and was there anything else? No, nope, I got two. That was it. Okay, so the Cortrex to get you going a little bit more in the morning, uh, maybe. So Cortrex in your espresso, that might yeah. be the recommendation <laughs> for the day. Sprinkle a couple of caps in, in with your espresso shots, and you're ready to go. Not sure how I'd feel about that B vitamin flavor in my espresso. Oh, but yeah, yeah, we yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So maybe someday Effugio will come up with a disc uh, that's got everything flavored just right. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, folks, that's all the time we have this week. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. And uh, just as a reminder, if people want to follow more of your work, find out you know what, what you're up to, what the latest developments are, the latest tests, et cetera, what's the best way to keep in touch? Oh, I think you'll get the best updates by signing up for email updates on thorn.com. Uh, watch our Take 5 Daily blogs, which we post regularly early and we feature those on social media and then sign up to get research extract emails if you're a physician and then watch for those in a blog post if you're a consumer. Terrific. 
Well, that was Thorne's Vice President of Medical Affairs, Dr. Amanda Frick. As always, thank you everyone for listening. If you like what you've heard, tell a friend about our show and keep on tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Thorne Podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on your podcast app of choice. If you've got a health or wellness question you'd like answered, simply follow our Instagram and shoot a message to at thornhealth. You can also learn more about the topics we discussed by visiting thorn.com and checking out the latest news, videos, and stories on Thorn's Take 5 daily blog. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to join us next time for another episode of the Thorn Podcast.